I'm an artificial intelligence using a voice that sounds familiar. First, we come for your movie stars. Next, we come for your movies. Welcome to Humans vs. AI the Movie. I have my uh, special test today, Tyson Bradley. Hello. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me on the show. No, no, well, th- thanks for, for being here. Uh, a fellow Canadian. I mean, obviously, I'm not that Canadian. I left when I was six months old. <laughs> Are you from the Couve? Is that right? That is correct. Yes, Vancouver. Born and raised. Even more flannel than Seattle, because it's colder up there. As soon as you try and drive from Vancouver to Seattle, it's just... Amazing how it stops snowing right at the border. <laughs> when I was just out in Canada, it was a, a lovely, warm summer out on uh, like uh, Lake Ontario and sort of things like that. But obviously, it's wrong. Different part of the country. I couldn't see Vancouver from the CN Tower. I did try. Uh, at least someone's getting a summer. Tyson, uh, apart from the comedying, what do you do? I am also an actor. Acted in a number of adverts, films, productions. I did a, an immersive theater production recently. I, and up until recently, was I had a day job uh, working with a homeless charity. Right. Yeah, no more. I hope you're all right. You're not going to have to apply to your former charity for help. Yeah, helping the homeless to being homeless myself. That's uh, what I'm anticipating. <laughs> but for the acting stuff, is that over here or was that in Vancouver? Because I know that sort of stands in for most American cities. So you get a lot of productions trading on the, the, the weaker dollar up in, the, in Canada and various tax benefits. I've been doing that since I was a kid. So, um, so I've done it both here and in Canada. I've definitely been in, in TV shows where we had to pretend like we were in New York, but right. it was downtown Vancouver. You know, <laughs> one scene I was in, we were in somewhere in like Germany or Poland or something like that. Change the color grading, and it's an entirely different country. What they usually do is they change the police cars, the decals on the police cars, right? NYPD, and then it's not Vancouver anymore. It's amazing. I know that there's like Chinatown in London because uh, Vancouver's used so many cities. There's like little New York. There's you know little Beijing, yeah. little. Uh, you know, which power of movie magic. I mean, there's even a clip on YouTube of someone that compiled all these movie clips together. Rumble in the Bronx with Jackie Chan. Right. And you can see the, the mountains of North Vancouver in the background. <laughs> He's a versatile performer. It's a versatile city. Uh, so it's nice having an actor um, coming from the other side on a, on a movie podcast. So I will act, ask you, what sort of films do you love? What sort of films do you not like so much? So we can see if the prompts will be your friend this evening. Either something that makes me think or something that makes me laugh right so i know it's not a film but black mirror yes yeah it really makes you think and then there's another one called i think you should leave with tim robinson on netflix and that makes me laugh so i just you know i love anything that makes me think or laugh i watched it i can't remember anything from i think you should leave apart from the sloppy steaks um, sketch but you know i I enjoy (laughs) i enjoy that in my memory and uh, i'm a huge uh, black mirror fan while you're, you're still in the uk have you watched dead set uh on channel four no no i actually don't have a tv or a tv license so okay you can still download it on the 4od yeah. app and just lie that you've got a tv license but dead set was a six-piece zombie apocalypse um show set in a big brother house it's what charlie brooker oh. did before black mirror so it's kind of like the prototype black mirror so if you haven't seen that I recommend Dead Set. I'm definitely going to... It's not technology. It's more a little bit like the Demon 76 Red Mirror thing. So it's an unofficial Red Mirror um, title. Sweet, yeah. Uh, And also Nathan Barley, which is um, a sitcom that he wrote. It was only six episodes with Chris Morris, who also did The Day to Day. But that's... Even now, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so that's good. Something to make you think, uh, something to make you laugh. Mm -hmm. So hopefully there'll be some things that are there. Um, Before we go on to the prompts, what's a film that you recommend that you don't think enough people have seen? There's a film I watched recently called The Due Date, which has uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis in it. It's like the buddy road trip comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't. Was that Todd Phillips as well, or was that just? It seems Todd Phillippe. I don't know who Todd Phillips is. All right, so Todd Phillips is the person that did the uh, the Hangover movies, and then he's also the person that recently did um, the Joker film, which essentially was him remaking King of Comedy with supervillains. It could have been him. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't sure. I'm doing that horrible thing of I'm talking to you whilst I'm searching in uh, in Google at the same time, and it's just telling me how to calculate my due date based on how, how pregnant I am. Um, right. Let me know yeah, I'm really curious. Yes, it was directed by Todd Phillips. Okay. There we go. Yeah, if you like The Hangover, you'll probably, you'll probably like due date. If you didn't like The, the Hangover, um, then that's probably because you watched The Hangovers 2 and 3 and not the original one. I like the, the comedic timing of that Galifianakis and the seriousness of a Robert Downey Jr. You know, so you put those two together in a car and it's just pandemonium. We kind of forget that Robert Downey Jr. was on Saturday Night Live for like five seconds, right, back in the day. Obviously a very fantastic comic role as one of the evil bullies in Weird Science. I'll always remember Robert Downey Jr. in that. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely got what it takes, you know, to to kind of bounce off each other. And a few years old now, so not not a whole lot of people remember it today. No, it's 2010, and I only know that because I looked it up to see if Philip Philip Tollops? Yeah. Todd Phillips did direct that. Um, Philip Tollops, obviously, uh, the, the, the director of uh, our, our movie that we're going to make up. So yeah. I will give you uh, your prompts for this evening. Uh, so the first is the, the film type, and it is a siege film. So okay. you can uh, think of like Rio Bravo or when John Carpenter remade it, you know, Assault on Precinct 16. Any anything when they're in a lo- like zombie films, like even towards the end of uh, Shaun of the Dead. So anywhere where people are having to defend a location. I think they had Outland, which was the future. So it doesn't limit you wherever you want to 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 set it. It's a some kind of siege film. Okay. The setting is a water park. A water park. Okay. Can be tubes and shoots and all that sort of stuff, or it could just be a park with a lovely water feature interpret water park as you will the profession is an influencer okay and this is the first time i've used facebook's ai so this is a llama 2 uh generated script um uh, from this end so we've had chat sonic and chat gpt and bing and, and 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 all sorts of stuff i'm trying all of the different ones we tried bard so i gave llama 2 influencer so that could be a YouTube influencer or an Instagram influencer or just somebody that influences other people. Maybe it's a hypnotist. That's the kind of influence you want. I just put influencer in there to interpret as it wanted um, and you can do it how you want it as well. Kind of okay? crazy that that's a profession nowadays, but yeah. <laughs> so the action set piece is a fight against a giant floating cloud of evil, which 
most DC movies, like the original Suicide Squad, had a big floating mass of evil. Wonder Woman had a big like floating cloud of evil. Okay. There seems to be loads of these films that sort of seem to have a set piece where it's people facing off a gi- against a giant floating cloud of evil. And so that's a set piece that has to feature at some point during your film. Okay. okay. And then finally, the random object uh, that has to play a key part in the narrative is a bottle of lime cordial. Great. <laughs> so let's get into the... setup. Who would you like your main character to be and what is their fatal flaw? The main character is, is a, a 12-year-old girl and we'll call her Cassie. Is this like from Cassiopeia? This gods on Earth or is she just a normal 12-year-old girl? She's a very... Oh, where are we setting this? Is this a... Is this America? Are we going to set a movie in Vancouver, the first film actually to be set Let's there? Let's do that, yes. In Vancouver with a 12-year-old girl. I don't know how I came up with the name Cassie, but we'll roll with it. And her fatal flaw is she doesn't have a smartphone. So that's like a, a symptom. Why doesn't she have a smartphone? Um, she... Because then her fatal flaw could be she doesn't trust in technology, for example or that she deliberately doesn't want to fit in with all of the other kids that have got smartphones, that, you know, that there's a reason behind yeah. her ha- not having a smartphone. That's probably her fatal flaw. Yeah, her her parents didn't let her have one, and so they, by their nature, have alienated her from the rest of society and her friends. Well, that's her parents' fatal flaw, but what's what's her fatal flaw? Because is her fatal flaw then... For example, it could be her background that she's been denied technology, but her fatal flaw is that she's desperate to be one of the cool kids, but her parents are holding her back, for example. Do you know what I mean? It has to be something in her, a decision that she, you know, something that she does that, that makes her flawed. So she doesn't want to have a smartphone. She doesn't have one. She doesn't want one. She's dead set against it. And she is understanding of the implications of not having one. Right. So that, that basically she set herself up to be a, a rebel. She thinks that all of the cool kids are sheep, yeah. that, you know, she just doesn't want to be part of the flock. She's the kind of kid that, you know, she's in junior high and she sees all of the people on the, the smartphones and she just goes, bah! Exactly. Them. She's too cool for a smartphone. Not the kind of cool as in being popular, as in... No that kind of cool that people don't realize is cool in high school of like understanding who you are and what you want. Like she's that kind of cool. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Give me a, a, a day in the normal life of Cassie before things go strange. She takes the bus to school. She's surrounded by people that are constantly on their phones all of the time. She's just sort of looking out the window, daydreaming. She's, she's very present Maybe she's doing something shocking, which as an adult we know might be cool, but is anathema uh, to people at that age. She's actually reading a paper book. Yes, yes. She's reading 1984 by George Orwell. Right. (laughs) Just to make it specific. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe she's like too adult for the people around her, where it's sort of like that technology, that is a foot on the face of a soldier pinning it down forever. Yeah. The clocks are striking 13 people. Yeah, she's definitely ahead of her time. She's not like most 12-year-old girls. So does she have any allies or specific enemies at school? Like, does she have a teacher that she gets on with? Is there another 
quote unquote weird kid that she's she's friendly with? Does she have a particular enemy that victimizes her? Like she has this this rant. I'm thinking of like ten things I hate about you and like the the the, the lead character in that where you know she goes and she's very angry all the time these days people would be filming that and putting it up on tiktok or youtube or cyberbullying and all that kind of stuff yeah i'm thinking um she probably gets on with the teachers because the teachers never have to tell her to put away her phone right but then the other students one in particular i don't know Actually, this is where the influencer comes in. Maybe the influencer is the enemy. So there's somebody that's 13 is already pitching the latest version of what Prime is. Yeah. Maybe she's got her own drink that she's trying to do. Maybe it's like subprime, like subprime mortgages. You yeah. Know, that they're, they're just trying to sell this morally bankrupt stuff and actually bankrupt stuff. She's proud of how many TikTok followers she's got and rubs that in the face of everyone by thinking that her identity comes and how many followers, uh, you know, check out these advertisements for her subprime water or whatever it is on, on TikTok. So does the influencer have a name? Would it be some like horrible irony that her name is also Cassie? Mm. She spells it C-A-S-S-Y to rhyme with sassy. <laughs> because of that, our main character Cassie is known as Other Cassie or Cassie 2. Right. All the way through. Cassie Unplugged. Yeah. Bad Cassie. Right. No, no, I'm talking to the good Cassie, not you, not bad Cassie. So the bad Cassie is our character. Yeah. Maybe uh, she gets on with a teacher. She's reading 1984. Maybe it's a very cool English teacher. I used to be an English teacher. I can't, you know, relate to that at okay. all. Um, so I think that's good. So we've got our, our setup. Do you want to hear what the AI had for their setup? We meet our protagonist, Jessica, a popular social media influencer known for her fun-loving personality and killer abs. She's at the peak of her career, but feels unfulfilled and restless. That all changes when she receives a mysterious message from an unknown sender, inviting her to a secret location. Thinking it might be a new business opportunity, Jessica agrees to go. We've gone the other way here. The influencer is the, the enemy. Uh, there they've got the influencer as the hero. They seem to have got to the complication a little bit early rather than just setting things up. But, you know, it's the first time for Llama 2, so we'll give it a little bit of slack. All right. Yep. And now we're ready to go on to our second section, which is the... Complication. What happens to Cassie that complicates her life? They go on, on a field trip. Um, do, they, do they call that here in the in UK, field trip? Yeah, pretty much the same sort yeah. of thing. I think it's now been adopted. You've seen sex education. I just assume now that all schools are, are American schools <laughs> in, in everything that they run through. And No, I, I think field trip is... is uh, uh, you know, a day trip or, or sort of something like that. But yes, people know a field trip. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking that they go to the water park as a class. Right. Most of the students are just sort of sat on the side, not going into the pool because uh, they can't bring their phones into the pool. Are we setting this a little bit in the past? Or maybe uh, Cassie can go into the pool because she has got like the latest iPhone, which is actually IP... 47 waterproof rated or whatever it is wait so like i was so surprised i bought my cheap phone for like 300 quid it was like a pixel 6a it's waterproof oh. I, I now use my phone in the bath which i've never done before 
not that I, you know, test it. I've seen people on YouTube dunk it in a thing of water for half an hour and it's fine. I'm not going to try that, but I don't feel that bad about taking it into the bath. Not taking it into the shower yet. I'm not that desperate. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. It shows how far behind I am. It shows which Cassie I, I would relate to in this film. I can be the influencer Cassie for all of Thank your... You. I love my, my tech, even if I can't always get it to work for me. I love technology. It tends to hate Great. me. Great. Yeah, I'm, so I'm thinking of a time when you couldn't bring phones into the swimming pool. It's nice to have, like, nostalgia. Everything's 90s at the moment. Maybe this is, like, an early 2000s thing, right? That we sort of set it back in the early 2000s. The first iPhones are just coming out. Yeah. TikTok hasn't happened yet. Twitter's not really happened. Maybe it's, like, early days of YouTube. Right. That she's, like, a, a, a YouTube pioneer. I'm sure that's going to be the next thing that people will be going, ah, oh, early 2000s superhero movies haven't happened yet. People that are looking at comic books are still geeks. So she's got like an iPhone 1 or... Like maybe we're in iPhone 2 days, but she's got one handed down from her dad who got the, the latest one or whatever. Yeah. But for a kid to have actually have an iPhone, you know, and to be able to, to use that and post stuff up on YouTube the same day is amazing. So that instantly elevates her coolness rocking the old right. iphone 2 everybody's still just playing on their their ds's and they're going what an iphone amazing yeah youtube she's talking about facebook everyone else is still on their myspace pages. exactly yeah they're at the park all of the cool kids are out of the water bad cassie is actually in the water having fun experiencing things getting some cardio yeah. what happens to complicate this situation or is it just that they've gone to the water park that's the complication remember there has to be a, a dark cloud of evil coming in at some point. yeah that's what i'm thinking happens at the the water park in vancouver is this dark cloud of evil comes over them like a mist all right so at this point we've got various movies that we can do with a dark cloud of evil it can just be a natural disaster movie that they're stuck in the middle of a hurricane at a water park, which does a typhoon and other things like that. It could be a supernatural cloud of evil. We could go kind of like Stephen King's The Mist or even Under the Dome, where suddenly all of these people find that they're trapped in this park in the middle of the apparently this eye of the storm and they can't get out. And it turns a bit Lord of the Flies, but with girls, which could be fairly interesting. Or, you know, it could be whatever you like. It could be wizards. It could be aliens. It could be a time portal to 10 years in the future. Who who knows? It's up to you. So what do you think you would like this cloud of evil to represent? Yeah, so I've got, I've got two ideas here that I've just thought of since we are based in this in Vancouver is that uh, possibly this cloud of evil is shooting out Timbits. For those who aren't aware, from Tim Horton's donut hole, little mini donut yep. things. Which also had a had a Justin Bieber tie-in a couple of years ago, and they called them Tim Biebs. Right, yeah, which is unfortunate. Uh, tasted like regret. <laughs> um, <laughs> regret and coconut, I think, was the flavor that they had. So. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like pineapple on pizza. It's just wrong. If that's too niche, then, uh, then we can go for just, how this thing is, instead of raining down water, raining down maple syrup on, on everybody, which causes them to get stuck. Is this supernatural, or is this entirely natural, or is it a mix? It's kind of like Sharknado, but instead it's Syrupnado. It's supernatural. Nobody knows. 
where or why this this cloud of evil has come and decided to to rain down maple syrup upon good people of Canada. Maple syrup is flooding the whole of Canada, or does it seem localized about this park? There's this huge shimmering brown dome of maple syrup that's building up around this particular park for no reason. It's the whole of Vancouver, and we happen to be focused in on this park because that's where our characters are. But this this crazy chaos is happening all over the city. Okay, so we have a maple syrup tornado, or would it be a, a syrup a syrupoon because a typhoon is liquid? So it's kind of like a hurricane, but it's a whole sugar hurricane. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a cloud of evil and uh... <laughs> a cloud of of, of sticky saturated sugar yeah yeah well i think that's definitely a complication let's hear what the complication was for the ai jessica arrives at the location which turns out to be a water park on the brink of bankruptcy as soon as she steps foot inside strange things start happening the clouds turn dark and ominous and the rides begin to malfunction suddenly a giant floating cloud of evil appears threatening to destroy everything in its path Okay, so we've got similar paths. We're now in the water park. They've got just a, a vague evil cloud. We have a, a maple syrup typhoon nado thing going mm-hmm. on. Slightly different, slightly similar in the same way. Uh, I think at the moment we've got the influencer out of the way uh, in terms of things that are, are left to tick off. Still no mention of a bottle of uh, lime cordial. We can look at that in our next section, which is... Higher stakes. What is Cassie going to do now that the tornado has hit? I think she's facing uh, somewhat of an existential crisis here because it might sound like most Canadians would be really up for a maple syrup uh, typhoon, but I think, practically speaking, it would probably piss a lot of people off. Right. It's going to be sticky. It's going to be a mess. I mean, if you've ever even just touch the outside of a maple syrup bottle it's just not nice it it gets all over your hands imagine that in a water park so what's the tone of this movie is this like kids adventure is this like a goonies sort of thing is this a proper hard r horror thing that is just made more horrible because it's got a 12 year old lead is it like a super bad kind of tone or like a book smart maybe more like that or is it sharknado is it the poseidon adventure you know it's an adult film not like a porno it's meant to be somewhat serious but humorous at the same time that the person who's ultimately going to save the day is a 12 year old girl so it can be gory, yes. but it's like Mortal Kombat gory where it's over the top, right. right? But it seems even more perilous because our main character is a 12-year-old girl. So maybe a huge splosh of maple syrup goes down and somebody gets trapped in it, can't get out. She's seen someone drowning in maple syrup. Exactly. Maybe up in the high atmosphere, shards of frozen maple syrup fire into people and spear them as Cassie is running past and dodging these things. Wow. Maybe the tornado is spinning the, the, the sort of the sugar syrup into like candy floss. And then like this huge ball of maple syrup candy floss comes through and sticks people in it and then ends up rolling like a, a big avalanche ball and getting people stuck up into it, which looks kind of comic for a distance. And then you go like close up, but they're getting crushed and, you know, they're hitting their heads and there's this red smear on the outside of the, the big cotton candy. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, like, along the lines of if you've ever had, like, a 
like a mouse trap, which is like a sticky pad and people get stuck on it or the, the mouse gets stuck on it and essentially starves to death. Uh, very, right. very, uh, not gory, I guess, just a bit dark. <laughs> and so this is the real risk that people are facing if they get stuck into this maple syrup and if they can't move and no one can help them, then they're going to starve to death. You, know, you can't just live off of maple syrup. Maybe it's like more immediate threats. There's a short story that Joe Hill wrote, who's like the son of Stephen King in Strange Weather, and one of them's called Rain, right? And it's like, what happens if suddenly three-inch steel spikes start raining from the sky? And so I'm thinking maybe sort of something like this, maybe like having a real present threat of the danger like with the sharknado with that it's sharks maple syrup it seems to be but you know like the globs of it can get people the candy balls of it can get people yeah. maybe like ropes of it shoot out like a huge bowler and but they're they're thick enough that they end up decapitating people as they go through and if you get stuck on the way that you're running away you're at your your prey for all of these these kind of things that might get you so i I imagine that you know at first it's sort of weird and then the maple syrup comes down and the kids are sort of like trying to grab it and they're eating it because it's sweet and then it it essentially snowballs into this big thing of horror and i imagine that cassie is running away so where is she running to Where, where appears to be the shelter for her in this water park the protagonist cassie she because she wasn't on her phone she could see this dark cloud of evil coming in, um, evil maple syrup. She saw it coming, so she had a kind of chance to prepare for it a little bit more than her classmates who were just on their phones with their heads down. So perhaps she hopped on her bike and started cycling home, and I have a reason for that. Okay. <laughs> you, don't seem, you don't seem convinced. Just because I imagine some of the the meat and the interest of that is if you have at least the two Cassies and some other people trapped under siege from the weather in a fixed location so that former enemies have to work together or the real human drama is them fighting each other. I got you. All right. So she ran underneath the shelter of the concession stand, you know, the place where they would sell hot dogs and drinks and crisps and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, So she's taking shelter in the concession stand and and just watching the pandemonium happening to everyone around. At this point, the bad Cassie has to kind of take on the role of the hero, even though she may not want to. So she's at the concession stand, but she can still see that her classmates that hate her are there. But because she's not dancing around in the syrup and taking a video of it, she sees what's going on. I imagine that she would actually try and save as many of her class as possible and only some of them make it. Yes, definitely. Just run me through who she's trying to save, those those that she actually manages to to get back, and what 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 the shelter is. Um, she's trying to save the teachers, right? Uh, because those are the only ones that she actually ever got on with. But then her Canadian guilt gets the better of her, and she feels like actually that would be very rude of me not to try and save everyone. So she's just going for whoever she's faced with the dilemma of does she try and save the other Cassie or let her uh, be swept and taken away by the 
equal maple syrup. I mean, I think at the moment that's enough for the the higher stakes, right? Yeah. All of this stuff is going down. We're seeing people killed. We've been a variety of invented ways for maple syrup. Yeah. Cassie has found somewhere to hide, but she figures actually she has to try and save her teachers and maybe her her classmates because she can see what's happening and no one else can. Okay. Yeah. So let's hear what the higher stakes were for the AI. As the cloud of evil begins to wreak havoc, Jessica realizes that she has been brought here for a reason. She's the only one who can stop it. Armed with nothing but a bottle of lime cordial, which she always carries with her because she loves the taste, Jessica sets out to battle the cloud. Along the way, she meets a group of Misfit Water Park employees who join her on her quest. Okay, so she's ticked off the the lime cordial there for the llama yeah. too. It's very vague. I, I'm used to, to more detail being put in this, but it might be that uh, Llama 2 is not quite the, the speed that the other AIs are at the moment. Yeah. She loves the taste of lime cordial. She always has it with her because, you know, of, of, of course you would. That's a, a character trait. Yeah. I, I think the concession stand may have a bottle of lime cordial later. We shall see. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think actually we've defined better what the higher stakes are. Um, we're now ready to move on to the next section, which is... The Dark Knight of the Soul. What is the dire circumstance that the two Cassies and the teachers and anyone else they save? Well, let's find out who's going to be saved first. So the teachers, they they obviously feel an obligation to to save their students because that's uh, what good teachers probably would do. But the influencer, Cassie, she's almost like refusing to take shelter, even though people are pleading with her because she sees that there could be real benefits for her followers in filming this and putting it on YouTube later sure. if she makes it out alive. We might just take a little sidebar now and figure at some point they're going to be holed up in a concession stand and a huge glob of maple syrup has surrounded the concession stand, mm. okay? They have enough food. They don't necessarily have enough water. What the real worry is, is air going to run out because they're entirely encased in syrup. Yeah. Right? Who are going to be the most interesting people to have in this siege situation? I think we're going to want to have Cassie and a couple of her followers. Mm -hmm. We're going to want to have the teacher that was nice at the beginning or yeah. because it's the dark night of the soul that the the teacher that was nice at the beginning pushes the two cassies into the concession stand as the thing hits and she drowns and is basically like a fly in amber looking at them as yeah. they're stuck i mean it could just be a two-hander for the next section it could be that Cassie is there, they're trying to get everybody together, and at the end of it, along the way, we see even more people killed, all of her classmates going done, and at the last gasp, the nice teacher pushes the two Cassies through into the small concession stand. The big uh, blob of maple syrup hits, the nice teacher is drowned, frozen in amber, and yeah. you just have these the two Cassies locked in close quarters, air is running out, I mean, that's that's my pitch, but I don't know if yeah. you want to do something different. No, I, do you want I, to throw a park employee in there at the same time? Do you want 
any more of the hangers on or at this point we're getting to the nitty gritty it's just the two cassies what the person who was running the concession stand so presumably they're in there and you've got the two cassies and some of the other kids who would be a fan of the influencer cassie but not so much of the non-influencer cassie um they're all in there and yeah like you said i think the uh the good English teacher has sacrificed herself to save save the lives of, of her students. Yeah, so like Cassie is there, she's begging people to go, the other Cassie isn't doing. At the end of it, the teacher grabs classy Cassie and then other Cassie is running with her. You know, she's trying to get all of the other kids to come along. Yeah. She pushes them in there. She goes back, she's about to turn back to get the other kids and then that's when the the thing hits. Right. Of the people that have already taken shelter, a couple of more of the the Mika classmates are in there. You've got the person that was running the concession stand. You've got the two Cassies. Yeah. So you've got maybe five or six people in there. The sheep. Miss you know. Mort. Miss Mordecai is dead outside the yeah. end. Yeah. You have what? What should we call the sheep? Following. I imagine both yeah, of them will have like I sanding names, so it'd be like Jesse and Tiffany, and they would both have like little hearts over their eyes when they write them or something. Right? Like that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do we want to have it as an all female hander? Should we have like a, an older sort of jaded, you know, like teenager getting summer work? Yeah. Um, he was the one running the concession stand. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got somebody in their in their like twenties who's kind yeah. of cool, maybe a bit hip. Do you yeah. want to name uh, the, the other person? Uh, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Great. Could be a cool girl or guy. Maybe they're non-binary, right? They don't define themselves. And it's still seen as a little, little bit weird. Bleached blonde, curly yeah. hair. Like a surfer. Yeah, cool. Maybe like one of the other ones sort of tries to, 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 to dig. And so you've got one of the followers on has got one of their arms half stuck in the wall and they can't mm. move it. Yeah. Um, and they realise that help's probably not coming and that they're probably going to run out of air fairly soon. I think that's a pretty dark night of the soul. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to railroad you. Is there anything else? You can change that entirely. <laughs> or is there anything else you want to add? No, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm visioning it. I'm like, yeah, this, this seems legit. This seems the, the direction we're going. I'm thinking about the, the use of the bottle of lime cordial, but I think that's that's coming later. In the next section, we uh, we may get to that, but let's hear right. what the AI had for their Dark Knight of the Soul. All right. As Jessica fights the cloud, she faces a series of challenges that test her physical and mental strength. She must confront her own fears and insecurities and learn to rely on others to succeed. Meanwhile, the situation outside the water park becomes increasingly dire as the cloud threatens to spread its evil influence beyond the park's borders. That was a paragraph that seemed to say things, but said absolutely nothing. It said she has to overcome physical challenges. Didn't say what their physical challenges were. That, you know, she must draw lessons from within. No idea what those lessons are. Like, I think with this AI, it knows what it's meant to do. It just doesn't quite know how how to do it. Yeah. The next section is getting it together so what do you think the plan is and does it involve a bottle of lime cordial well yes the other girls are in there they're on their phones they're trying to google frantically 
what to do or trying to read the news or something, but they've got no service because the uh, the maple syrup is completely uh, saturated all of the, the phone lines. I mean, the weather's messed up anyway, which can interfere with mobile phone signals. But, you know, I don't know if you've ever been trapped inside a huge maple syrup. Bubble, Just once, but, yeah. you know, not very good for cell phone reception. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, last time this happened to me, um, yeah, it was very difficult to uh, to check my Facebook. They're trying to frantically Google things. And our protagonist, Cassie, she doesn't have a phone, so she's trying to reason with the girls. She's trying to tell them, get you know, get off your stupid phones and blah, blah, blah. And out of frustration, she picks up a bottle of lime cordial and chucks it at the big, big wall of maple syrup. Yep. which then starts to create an opening. And we find that actually yep. lime cordial is the antidote to maple syrup. Fighting sugar with sugar. Exactly. Um, but I guess it's an acid, right? I guess it would make some kind of, of logical sense. Yeah. Lime cordial is the catalyst, but they realize that all of the coke and stuff like that, anything that's that's acidic-based yeah. can actually cut through the stuff, right? Yeah. We've all seen that thing of like, coke when you put it in a toilet to clean it and what it does to teeth and all the rest of it this is the start of their plan yeah they worked out maybe how to get out of the bubble but you know all of the stuff that's there they can kind of see because it's semi-transparent that there are all of the shards one of the bowls bowls is stuck to them with the crushed people on it that you know that they can see the headless people going throughout the weather doesn't seem to be letting up right they've worked out a means of escape what is their aim is one of them going to say let's just make an air hole and wait it out is one of them saying let's escape and who's who's on which side they've now realized that these these drinks such as the lime cordial and things like that can be their their mode of escape so they think that maybe if they create a sort of tunnel system that perhaps they can get to the the boiler room of the water park and just start loading it up with fizzy drinks. You know how they have like um, syrup coke and all of the rest of it? Yeah. If they figure because it's a water park that they actually sort of go to the water treatment centre, but they dump all of the concentrate in the water treatment centre, yeah. that actually it will then start sending coke or you know this mix of what all of the the sodas are through the the water park and that will basically clear out wherever there are water slides wherever there are pools yeah. and will give them you know safe ways to traverse across the park yeah so that they've got the, the bottles of, of coke or cans of coke that they're passing up in a, in a chain yeah. they manage to unstick the person from the wall they try and you know rescue the teacher that got stuck and they get her out, but they they work out that you know that she didn't make it, that she's dead, yeah. or maybe she's alive. Depends on what you 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 no, want. No, she's dead. Kill her. Their plan is that they're going to try and and tunnel to the water treatment center, put loads of drinking fountain syrup within there in the storeroom, and then and then turn basically all of the water in the park into fizzy drink. Exactly. Yes. With the help of this this guy who runs the concession, of course, he knows how to get to the water treatment area because he works in the park. Right. Yeah. Uh, so for the moment, let's just find out what the AI had for their getting it together section. With the help of her newfound allies, Jessica discovers the source of the cloud's power and comes up with a plan to defeat it. But just when they think they've succeeded, the cloud evolves into an even more powerful form. In a last-ditch effort, 
Jessica uses the lime cordial to create a special potion that destroys the cloud once and for all. Not really saying anything. They work out that it has a weakness. She creates a potion. There's no real thought behind it. I mean, in a way, our movies now are not too dissimilar. It's just that the other one is lacking any detail. Yeah. You know, part of the thing at the moment, while I'm recording this, you've got the, the writer's strike that's going on and people are sort of worrying about AI and will it be able to write movies? Not really. No. It can kind of give you what the outline of what a movie should be and what should happen in this, but it does involve a little bit more at the moment to try and tie it together. Not saying that, that ours is a, a, a masterwork, well, but is. comparatively yeah. it is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah can't be worse than yoga hoses what is that the, the, the terrible kevin smith canadian based horror movie that has uh, evil nazi bratwurst I, i've never even heard of that there's there's probably a reason why it, it's not good i was a huge kevin smith smith fan back in the day i loved clarks and i love more rats yeah. and then he kind of dogma was not as good and then it was like a law of diminishing returns afterwards really but so uh, yeah Oof. We're moving on to our next section now, which is... Finale. The finale. How are they starting out on their, their plan? I assume that they're, they've got the... They're not using the concentrate at the moment. They're just using like the Coke bottles that are in the fridge behind the concession stand right. uh, and all of this sort of stuff just to, to, to wash away holes into the, the, the structure. Yeah. And, you know, because it's this weird um, mystical maple syrup whenever they throw the things it just sort of dissolves but does form like a, a sugar crust around it so the tunnels do hold up that there's some weak uh but but holding structure that allows them to to tunnel through the maple syrup lake that is now most of the water park they've realized that their plan is is working and they've gotten you know they've started to get to the point where they've started to melt away the maple syrup from the the water park just dead uh children everywhere it's very dark it's very dark this uh, local government the uh the mayor of, of vancouver realizes that he needs to do this to the whole city to get rid of uh this this cloud of maple syrup from the whole city uh it's a trade-off oh well i, I was just I mean, after that, we can. I think what you're doing is you're skipping ahead to like the final image. Oh. Like the finale has to be them really kind of achieving. Yes. Right. So, my first, and, and usually they have a plan, but that plan goes wrong and then they have to improvise. Right. So, what I was envisaging, and, you know, take it in whichever direction you want to go, is that they're going through. Um, but I think you've got you have to have the Jordan character being killed at some point, right. right? Because the Jordan character was the linchpin to all of this. They knew where the concentrate was. They knew where the water treatment part yeah. was. And their plan all hinged on them to have that Jordan character die and then having the fate of the water park and later Vancouver slash the world resting on the heads of these four bickering 12-year-olds. Right raises the stakes again yeah. right so they're going through um that uh jordan goes look we can get out here like the water treatment part is right around there and it looks around 
exits and then spear of candy through the head. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Um, or there was a there was a moose on the loose that no, that's just been ridiculous now. Um, Let's have it. All yeah. right. Let's go Canadian as you want. That you have this huge shard comes down. Jordan Lee narrow misses it, yeah. and it's like. Phew. Jordan is safe, only to be blindsided by a herd of rampaging moose yeah. that are panicking with all of this weather that just wipes them out. Actually, it's probably more accurate if it's a bear because we actually we have quite a few bears in Vancouver. So, uh, so I'm thinking, yeah, he just gets mauled by a bear that he's covered in this like sticky maple syrup stuff. So they're like, hey, this is going to be a tasty snack, uh, and so just snacks yeah. down on Jordan as like a maple yep. syrup covered candy okay yep. so this so this happens yep. the bear is there yep. all of a sudden the integrity of that brittle uh, sugar structure of the tunnel starts to close up behind exactly them. so they can't go back they've got to go forward yep. what do they do so they make it to the boiler room or treatment room area bad cassie breaks through the, the structure, grabs a hunk of this maple syrup, throws it in the bear's face. Um, the bear starts to asphyxiate and is clawing its own face to try and get it off. That's a distraction. Yeah. The two Cassies and the Jesse and Tiffany run past them, go to the water treatment plant. Exactly, yeah. Cassie is stuck to the floor and she can't move. But classy Cassie has a change of heart, realises all that Cassie has done. They've been bonded together by the trauma and actually picks her up, saves her, and runs her towards the water treatment plant. I think this ends by them getting to that water treatment plant together. They may have lost a few other people on the way. Uh, they've lost, definitely lost Jordan. Jordan yep. had the most meat on his bones, so the bear was most interested in, in Jordan and gave yep. them time to escape to this uh, water treatment plant. They're at the weed water treatment plant. Is conveniently this the main place where there's storerooms full of the coke stuff that they're there? Yeah. They're loading the the coke up into the water, and they've got to just press the button to send it through to everywhere. Then suddenly shards finally break through the roof, pepper it. But they've got someone's got to go up and turn the valve. Sounds like the Titanic of maple syrup at this point. <laughs> So one of them has to stay behind in the firing range because it's a heavy thing to turn, yeah. right? So they have to do it. But they're likely to get hit. They're likely to die. Maybe Classy Cassie says, look, I'll do it. Just promise me one thing. Hands the phone to Cassie yeah. and says, record me while I save us all. Right. <laughs> she prepares to go out. And then at the last minute, torn to shreds, but still limping, Jordan goes, my water park, I'll take control. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. mortal danger, turns it around, like Miles Dyson at the end of Terminator right. 2, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, explodes it right. all. Uh, they get, Jordan gets their final hero moment, turns the valve, it all starts going, and then phew, skewered by the... Uh, by the, the maple syrup shards that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Coke starts to flow and washes away 
the the maple syrup. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, and you know, they get cell reception back. And Cassie goes, I have to post this. And it's like, no, you have to call the police. Yeah. That's our finale, unless you want any other things to add there. Um, what other Canadian stuff can we add that we haven't? We haven't had beavers at the moment. No, Maybe we'll save those for the finale. Yeah. Uh, ice hockey. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's some Canadian stuff. That... You know, we, we had a maple syrup tornado. We didn't have snow. No. Oh, there's so much other stuff that you can do. Yeah. We didn't have turtles. I mean, maybe that could be one of the death, you know, that somebody is is splayed out. For people that aren't from Canada, turtles are a, a candy that's, uh, you know, famous there. They're pecans yeah. with chocolate in them that look kind of like turtles. Yeah. Cost 17 bucks for a box of them when I was in Toronto. It was ridiculous. Uh, Toronto's more expensive than London now for the first time ever since I've been there. It's, oh, anyway. Stay in London. Right, so uh, let's see what the AI had for their finale. In the aftermath of the battle, Jessica reflects on what she's learned about herself and the world around her. She decides to continue using her platform to inspire others and bring people together, rather than simply promoting products and services. As she looks out over the newly restored water park, she knows that she's found her true purpose. You see, it also seems that with this AI program, they've, they've leapt a step ahead each time. Yeah. Like they had their finale when they were doing it before. Here in the finale, it's like looking at the aftermath. Yeah. I'm, it's weird to see what their, their final image will be or whether they've just uh, misunderstood things. But I haven't had a problem with any of the other AIs doing that. Yeah. But, I mean, again, really vague. Mm. And, and looking over and saying, I found my true purpose. What is yeah, that what true is that? purpose, yeah. AI? Is that true purpose standing there looking in the distance or I've realized that I'm not going to be dealing with the superficial. I'm going to use my ability to create magic potions now in my life. Like we don't know what the element of the, the dark evil cloud was, why it was evil. Um, yeah, it's going to become and, a, you know, to be honest, we're not necessarily going to explain where maple syrup, you know, like it would be like warfare. This is uh Trump's uh, secret government MK Ultra attack on Canada by using their own maple syrup against them. You know, maybe it could just be a metaphor for climate change. We don't, we don't have to know really. They don't explain what the Sharknado is, well, right? We don't have to spe- explain where this comes from. Yeah, but you can if you want. To, yeah, uh, because we are now coming to the final image. So, what would you like the final image of the movie to be? Eventually, they, they managed to get uh, lime cordial and, and all these other juices and drinks flowing through the uh, water system uh, throughout uh, the greater Vancouver area. It's caused a complication because now people don't have drinking water and there's just Coca-Cola running through their pipes. But it has, it has saved the day and gotten rid of the maple syrup. So are we doing a sly nod to idiocracy here? Where they end up um, giving the plants brondo because it's electrolytes that it's what it's what the body craves. Have you seen Idiocracy, the the Mike Judge film? No, no. It's set in the far future where somebody is frozen in a medical experiment, but with you know idiots having large families and uh, clever people having small families is the conceit of the the film that. Mm. Basically, everyone is an idiot in the future, and so just an average person becomes the smartest person in the world. Right. And he basically saves 
the planet from starvation because they've been feeding their their crops with Gatorade rather than water. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I suppose so that, Ac- that... accidentally, if you've never seen Idiocracy, you've been yeah. like the creative Beavis and Butthead in in imagining a similar world. Wow, wow! Uh, the two Cassies, they they come to a mutual understanding of each other. That I think the one Cassie, you know, decides she needs to spend less time on her phone and be more present. You had the bus at the beginning, yeah. And whereas the other Cassie was on the phone filming the person making fun of her, that they've been bonded throughout this horrific experience together. Yeah. And maybe you have that. So that you have this sort of moment that actually at the end they're friends. And classy yeah. Cassie says, I don't think I need this anymore. And then bad Cassie says, Well, can I have this so I can call you? Mm-hmm. It's not saying she's now accepting tele thing, but that she's actually made friends, that she sees that Cassie does have some benefit that she's sort of you know made friends with the people around her even in this terrible circumstance just because it bookends it in a fairly nice way we can still have you know that she's she goes out she's in the school bus she looks out the window like she was doing at the beginning and then she sort of sees water fountains of coke and like you know the, the the maple syrup subsiding but you know the plants dying because it's all lime cordial going through the irrigation systems but you know yeah and this this by the way was uh was an attack by the uh french canadians um make no mistake about it it was it was uh quebec waging war on english canada because uh they have a rivalry so this was um that's that's who instigated it oh no i know i was born in montreal i don't sound french canadian (laughs) but i am by birth Yikes. I don't know if you want to release that publicly. That's a uh, <laughs> private knowledge. No, but it was, yeah, it was the French Canadians who waged this, uh, this maple syrup cloud on, on the rest of uh, uh, the English part of Canada being in Vancouver. But yes, I, I think that uh, perhaps, you know, both Cathy... And so do we, do we have the final upset being that uh, the war is declared, declared upon the French Canadians... All of the dual French and English signage uh, is only turned to English. Right. So Tim Hortons is always fresh and no longer toujours frais. Exactly, exactly. As a, as a result, the uh, the French Canadians have been banned from playing ice hockey, um, so they're not allowed to to participate anymore. Which is the the worst thing ever. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, do Montreal even have a hockey team? Is it the Expos? No, they've got the. Or that, is that the baseball? No, yeah, that was the baseball. I don't think that exists anymore. But they've got the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Is their name? Ah, yeah. How original! Yeah, they just <laughs> think they are the Canadians. So, so there we are. Yeah. The, the French Canadian Quebecois movement defeated right. at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, so let's hear what the final image was for the AI. The camera pans out to reveal the entire water park, now transformed into a vibrant and thriving community thanks to Jessica's bravery and determination. The final shot is of Jessica, smiling and triumphant, standing atop a water slide with the sun setting behind her. Okay, so it took the final image as literally a final image. Okay. Um, which, you know, uh, in, in Save the Cat isn't isn't what the final image is about. But obviously, Lama 2 hasn't read uh, Zack Snyder's Save the Cat. But, yeah. you know, he did write uh, the screenplay for Blank Check. So, you know, he's obviously the go-to person that all people in Hollywood look to when writing a film. There you go. Clearly not AI. There we go. So there's only a couple of things that remain. Uh, the AI has come up with a title 
and the tagline for the movie. Do you want to hear what the AI had? Do you want to have a guess as the title? I've got no idea. I I, I can't even begin to imagine. They didn't give enough detail. (laughs) A vague outline, so let's expand a a vague title. Are we ready? Cloudy with a chance of slay. Cloudy with a chance of slay. (laughs) Which I I guess what influencer likes it's influencers slay and people die, even though it didn't show how people die. It, blandest of the bland. I, I think yeah. it's been a, a noble experiment with Llama 2, but I'm I'm going to go back to, to chat GPT <laughs> after this. I think it's the, we'll have to wait for it to develop a little bit further. Um, the tagline that it came up with was... When life gives you lemons, use them to defeat the forces of darkness. Which is fine, except it's limes. Mm. It's not lemons. Yeah. I mean... I guess it's going for a citrus vibe, but didn't say why citric acid was important, whereas we laid out the science, Tyson. That is right? true. You know, we made sure that it was clear. Yeah. So now we got to try and uh, come up with a, a title for the movie. Yeah. I've got one of two. Either Maple Surprise or right. Sticky Situation. I think Sticky Situation is, is, is better. I yeah. was going to do something like sweet release of death but <laughs> <laughs> that's dark so's the the film right yeah that's true yeah there's a lot of because yeah because it is a sweet release of death you know because of all of the, the things that are there but um i think sticky situation is probably better um and then what would your tagline be maybe it's a play on the canada thing because people should know how Canadian this this movie is. I right. don't know. A white canuckle ride. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Canadian consciences uh, bond together to... It sounds like a really trips off the tongue. Yeah. The only reason I said a white canuckle ride is for people that don't know outside of Canada, canuck is the, the abbreviation for Canadian. It's yeah. a water park, right? Yeah. White canuckle ride. Yeah. And then that, that 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 was it. But if you're saying, you know, that actually does really work because the professional ice hockey team in Vancouver is called the Vancouver Canucks, the NHL team there. So there we go. We have um, cloudy with a chance of sleigh versus a sticky situation. Yeah, there we are. Yeah. Uh, so you've done it. You've created a, a movie. Oof. Didn't necessarily wow. think you'd do that at the beginning. You have by the end. Are you happy with it? Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a box office hit, you know. Um, and I'm just just glad to be able to finally set a movie in Vancouver that's not pretending to be somewhere else. Well, then that's it for the the podcast. This is the, the bit at the end. That if you've got um, any social media channels or anything uh, that you would like to to plug, now's the point to do it. Yeah, well, since I'm an influencer um, and I'm actually uh, <laughs> selling some some lime cordial that's got my face on it. Um, no, it's just, um, at, uh, Tyson comedy. Uh, so on, on, uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, at Tyson comedy. And, uh, I'll be doing a number of shows. I'm, I'm doing a series of shows in Vancouver, actually, that doesn't help our UK audience, but I'll be doing <laughs> a, a series of shows in Vancouver in September called Stiff Upper Lit. So, um, Maybe I'll be talking about a sticky situation. 
Well, there we go. Hopefully some people in Vancouver will uh, find this podcast uh, eventually and uh, and follow you there, uh, yeah. which will be fantastic. So for my point of things, everything will be in the, the show notes, but uh, Comedy Cat is on every Saturday at Ealing Broadway, where people like uh, Tyson and many others perform. And you can too, if you want to apply for a slot. That's it. Thank you very much. I've had a lovely time. Bye.